Jen Owen with 3D Universe, and welcome to episode 22 of 3D Universe Untethered. In this bi-weekly live stream series, we get to hear from people across varying industries about the great things they're doing with digital fabrication. As always, you can visit 3duniverseuntethered.com to see all of our upcoming episodes and access recordings of our previous episodes. You can also get 3D Universe Untethered as a podcast through any of the major podcast platforms. And if you're watching us live on Facebook right now, please join in by posting comments on the live event page. We'll try to keep an eye out on those and we'll address any questions there are before we wrap up. In today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at the Snapmaker 2.0, a three-in-one machine that brings 3D printing, laser cutting and engraving, and CNC carving and milling together in one modular platform. This second generation multifunction machine has quite a few surprises to offer, which we'll be exploring in detail during this episode. I am going to invite our guest and our 3D Universe founder and CEO, Jeremy Simon, to join us. I am Jen Owen, the creative director here at 3D Universe, and we are going to talk a little bit about this amazing machine that Jeremy has been playing with all summer and making a giant mess with in his garage. That's right. um, so um, let's go ahead and get started. I would love to know what makes the Snapmaker 2.0 different from the other products that we offer. Sure, so uh, the main thing is that this is a modular platform and it really is quite modular. We'll be talking about that quite a bit today. So at a, at a basic level, the modularity means that you can, like you said, do 3D printing, laser cutting, engraving, or CNC carving and milling just by swapping out the tool head. It's very quick and easy, uh, but it even goes beyond that. There's different add-ons that you can uh, you know, use to bring new functionality. We'll look at some of those, like the rotary add-on. Uh, there's an emergency stop button, uh, things like that. There's an air purifier. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of cool accessories and add-ons. But then even the, the structure of the machine itself, which is based on these sort of linear rails, and I'll show this to you in a quick video in a moment, even those linear rails can be moved around and reconfigured and you can actually redesign the machine itself to give yourself different layouts, larger work areas, things like that. So it, it really is sort of a modular making platform that, that opens up quite a few possibilities. That's really cool. So it can go from kind of smallish to you can expand it to get bigger things in there? That's exactly right. So the, the base product, the Snapmaker 2.0 comes in three different models, uh, which is the only difference is the size. They have the same functionality and capabilities, but there's the uh, model A150, which is the smallest, the A250, which is medium, and the A350, which is the largest. But then from, from the base of each of those models, you can then do those further modifications we talked about from any one of those. That's really, really awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. When we're talking about the Snapmaker 2.0, what who would who would use something like that and all a three-in-one machine like that? Well, uh, somebody like me, I've been having all kinds of fun with it. Um, yeah. Somebody that likes to tinker and just make things. I, I guess I put myself in that kind of just maker hobbyist category, and I think it's a great machine for people like that that just want to have all kinds of possibilities. You don't necessarily know what you're going to want to do. You might want to do some 3D printing, but you want to have the laser cutting capabilities and maybe you want to do some carving, but maybe you don't want to invest in three separate machines. It's a great fit for that. Um, there's two other categories that come to mind for me. I think uh, educational settings uh, are what get me the most excited for this. You know, okay. that could include classrooms, uh, libraries, maker spaces, anywhere where you're trying to give students access to this kind of, you know, making uh, technology and hands-on education. This machine is just a really great fit, um, not only because of the flexibility of the machine, but just all of the different materials they give you to work with, um, you know, uh, projects that you can do. And we'll look at some of the, the, the resources, the video tutorials to get you started and all that. They just, they really make it easy to get going with each of these different functions that, you know, maybe you don't have a lot of experience with. Um, so we'll, 
We'll, we'll talk more about that later, but I'd say education in general is one group that, that's a really good fit for this product. Um, and the third one that comes to mind for me is, you know, anybody looking to start an Etsy business or something along those lines. You know, if you've, if you've got an idea, you're kind of a crafty person, maybe you've already got an Etsy business, but you want to sort of scale it up. This machine, I think, would be fantastic for somebody trying to grow a business where you're making things. Because again, you can you can use each of these different capabilities and you can even combine them. So you could have elements of a product that are 3D printed combined with things that are carved or laser etched. And when you think about combining those, it really opens up a lot of possibilities. Um, so those are the three kind of groups of people I think about for this. Not, not that those are the only, but. Yeah, it seems like it's a really good um little machine for getting started. You know, if you, if you don't have a lot of space in your classroom for three different machines, especially like a laser cutter, you know, that tends to be larger, or if you have a, a home office like I do, um, you know, a little machine that does all three seems like a really good option. That's right. Yeah. And it, it is easy to switch back and forth with, I would say the one caveat, uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this later as we get into these different functions of the machine. But when you're dealing with the CNC function, depending on what materials you're working on, I mean, you are carving, it's creating a lot of dust and, and uh, debris. And so we'll talk about the enclosures that are available for these. Those are very highly recommended if you're doing the CNC stuff. And, and the only reason I mention that is once you've been in the CNC mode, like I've been working with most lately, that whole enclosure gets pretty filled up with, you know, dust and, and debris, which you can easily vacuum out with a shop vac. You know, I keep one nearby, but to get it cleaned up enough to then switch back to, say, 3D printing mode, you know, there's going to be a little bit more work to get it properly clean to switch between those modes. But other than that, it's, it's really easy to switch between them. Um, and, you know, the machine is so affordable. I mean, even the largest model, we're talking about a, a sub $2,000 price point, at least as of the time of this, this uh, recording. And it's, uh, you know, to get all three of those functions in that price range, you know, you could think about having more than one of these machines. So maybe one stays in the CNC mode and the other can switch between 3D printing and laser cutting or something like that. It's, it's just very flexible. Seems really cool. Did you have a, um, a video you wanted to, to share? Yeah, let's let's take a look at that. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and we'll take a look at just a quick video. Now, this is a video that runs uh, just under four minutes long, but I, I think it provides a really good introduction to the product and the basic features and some of the add-ons and really just provides a better context for what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, as a reminder, anybody that's you know joining us using our, our podcast, uh, just gonna be able to listen to this, but you'll get a good description. I think the audio serves as a good overview as well. Feel free to check out the recording later on YouTube if you'd like to see the, the visuals. So I'm gonna go ahead and start this and we'll be back in just a few minutes here. When the first Snapmaker was introduced, it raised over $2 million and connected over 10,000 users in an active community. With the new Snapmaker, we're bringing the next generation of advanced technology to this iconic design. The new Snapmaker is faster, smarter, larger, and more powerful than ever before. From 3D printing to laser engraving and cutting and CNC carving, it supports a wide variety of materials for limitless creativity. The components are made from high-strength metal, Anodizing converts the surface of the metal into a durable anodic oxide finish. Each process is strictly controlled. And due to the higher level of automation, both the quality and the speed of production have been significantly increased. Every part is meticulously made. In creating the new Snapmaker, we've taken the all-metal design to the next level. The new Snapmaker is modular, and it only takes a few steps to set up. Our software has greatly simplified the process of 3D printing, laser engraving, and CNC carving. You can also connect and control your Snapmaker via Wi-Fi or with the smart touchscreen. Snapmaker is more than just a series of machines. It's a system of powerful modules and add-ons for creative people like you. You can make an extra-large CNC router, a huge laser engraver, and even a four-axis CNC machine. You can further enhance it by adding an IP camera, a hand wheel, an emergency stop button, an enclosure, and more. The new Snapmaker includes an automatic bed leveling feature that ensures you print on a level bed every time. The cooling system is redesigned to cool the print in the most efficient way possible. 
If the filament runs out, SnapMaker will pause and notify you to load new filament. It can also detect power loss and resumes exactly where it left off, so you can recover any project. To remove a print, simply lift the build plate and flex it. For laser cutting, it uses a specially designed aluminum grid table. Its built-in camera allows you to preview a design on any material or surface. What you see is what you get. It makes laser cutting as easy as drawing with a pen. It can convert your drawing into a vector image that can be edited directly in the software for laser engraving and cutting. It is five times faster than the original model. Whenever a new idea strikes, you'll be ready to turn it into reality. For CNC carving, it now features a fully upgraded CNC module and wasteboard. It supports over 100 carving and cutting bits by using the standard ER11 collet. Upgraded clamps provide a tighter hole. It has faster working speed, a larger step-down, and fully enclosed linear modules. Bring your ideas to life and unlock your full creative potential with the new SnapMaker. It is the most advanced 3-in-1 3D printer we've ever created. Let's make something wonderful with SnapMaker. Pretty cool. That is really cool. I don't I don't think I'd get any work done if I had one of those in my house. I, I know what you mean. I, I will tell you, my weekends have been uh, very full uh, <laughs> on the project one. I'm having all kinds of fun with this thing. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's quite a machine. You've shared. <laughs> yeah, um, so we should talk about that a little bit. I guess I, I spoiled things a little bit with the video because you got to see the build quality and, you know, these these really nice all metal components. I should point out that when I received this machine uh, to do my testing, I had not seen that video and I really knew very little about it going in. I, I, that was sort of intentional. I wanted to sort of experience it as a new user, knowing as little as possible going into it. And um, so I was really pretty blown away when I started doing the unboxing and pulling these parts out. I was like, oh, this is like high quality stuff. You know, it just it, the reason I was surprised is, you know, this came originally out of a Kickstarter. You know, the original Snapmaker uh, machine came from a Kickstarter campaign. It was very well funded, very popular. Uh, this is now the second generation. This is the 2.0. So, uh, you know, they've they've come a long way, but still having originated from that Kickstarter source, I just didn't quite know what to expect. You know, is this right. are they still building these things in a garage? You know, I, I wasn't quite sure. But wow, I was pleasantly surprised. You know, you, you start, I start pulling these parts out and not just the parts, but uh, the packaging here. I'll share a couple of photos as I talk about this because it's really worth, you know, seeing this. I mean, from the moment you open the box, the first thing you see is this nice quick start guide. Now we had a bit, a bit of a chuckle here because you can't see it's kind of laid flush there in the foam packaging, but you take that quick start guide out and you, you see that it's actually a 90 page <laughs> quick start guide, but it's mostly, it's it's all these big full page photos, you know? And um, so we, we kind of chuckled over, it, but it turns out it was exactly what we needed. It was perfect instructions, step-by-step, -step, all visual instructions. And it was quite helpful in going through the assembly process. But all the way down, you find these layers of packaging and everything is custom. Everything is labeled, as you can see, not just with the, with the descriptive words, but even pictures of what's in there. And this continues down. You can see that, I mean, it's just so obvious that everything was custom designed. Everything was really thoughtfully done. This wasn't just thrown together in a box. Right. And I, that just really impressed me. And it, and it yeah. went, especially yeah. since it comes in a kit, you know, and exactly. you've got people who are just getting started doing this, it, it makes it a lot less intimidating. It's kind of like a, you know, when you get your Lego set and you have the kind of a Ikea instructions, you know, which part goes to which by the picture. That's exactly so, right. Yeah, yeah that that's looks right. Really and um, I should show, let's see, uh, I've got to figure out which window I have this in, but I wanted to show the um, uh, Snapmaker has a couple of pages that I'd like to share. And I'm sorry, I just have to pull this up because I don't have the tab open right now. So they have, as we were going through the assembly process, I relied mostly on the that quick start guide that I showed you. And it really is all you need. I mean, it is 
step by step. And I'm saying every screw showing you what needs to go where, all the parts are labeled that correspond with the labels on the packages. I mean, they really made it easy. They give you all the tools you need, everything. Um, but they, if you're not the kind of person that likes printed manuals, they also have some really nice video tutorials. So let's see, which window is this in? I'm gonna go ahead and share this. Hopefully you're looking at the, are you seeing the Snapmaker site here, Jen? I believe so. Okay, so when you go into their support site and you look at their Snapmaker 2.0 resources, they have the quick start guides, but they also have the fully detailed user manual, which is much more extensive, but then you'll see the video tutorials and they have, uh, it looks like nine uh, video tutorials, starting with the machine assembly, which is really a, a perfect companion to the quick start guide. It follows the exact same steps. Yeah. You know, they don't show you something different in the manual than what's in the video. They correspond exactly to one another. So you can take your pick. You can follow the video, you can follow the manual, or you can use both. And then they have separate tutorials for each one of the different parts of the machine, the 3D printing, the different ways of working with the laser cutting and engraving, the CNC, uh, and then they get into the enclosure and some of the add-ons. So really very helpful video tutorials, which yeah. you'll find uh, copies of on our channel as well. That, that's very helpful for people like me who are visual learners. I, I would have the manual in front of me and my head would explode, but watching exactly. do yeah. it step-by-step, step. I can pause it, do it, let it go. Um, that's that. right yeah because you pull out all these parts out of the box and it can kind of seem overwhelming but really like you said all you have to do is follow step by step and it's quite easy um, I think it took me a couple of hours to go through the initial assembly I, I was not rushing uh, I was taking photos as I go and stuff like that taking notes so uh, but of course I, I you know do a lot of this kind of thing so it's probably a fair expectation to spend a couple or a few hours, you know, as a, a family project or a classroom project or whatever the case might be. It's not difficult, though. I, I assure you, anyone can get through this assembly without trouble. That's really cool. Yeah. And you have um, the the Snapmaker Academy available as well, don't you? That's true. So there's uh, really a lot of great resources on their site. I was showing you some of those tutorial videos. And then if you pop back to the support section, they have this other thing called Snapmaker Academy. And there's, I guess you would consider these sort of advanced uh, sort of lessons or tutorials. So taking a deeper dive into things that you can do with 3D printing, getting into slicing in G-code, getting into, you know, certain projects that you can do, uh, even using other tools like Mesh Mixer, uh, how to use some of the more advanced materials like ABS. And then same thing for the laser cutter, some of the more advanced uh, functions and projects you can try. And then uh, the only thing they have in there for CNC right now is uh, getting started with using Fusion 360 for uh, CAM, which is computer-aided manufacturing, a, a sort of a, a cousin of, of CAD. And um, it's a great tutorial though. And that uh, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more later because that helped me get started in Fusion, which allowed me to do some things that the Snapmaker software uh, couldn't quite do. Their software is phenomenal. And we'll talk maybe a little bit more about that, but it does have some limitations on the CNC side, but I found ways of doing what it can't do in Fusion, which of course people can get a free license for, for personal use and uh, in other conditions. So uh, I'll be sharing a tutorial later on, on how to do that more advanced CNC stuff. That's really cool. I love so that. So yeah, lots, lots of helpful. That. That's right. Yeah, lots of helpful resources on their website. Uh, really, really great for getting started. And then of course, all the downloads. Um, so software that you need. Their software is called Snapmaker Luban. And um, I'll, I, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll share that real quick, just to sh so you can uh, see what it looks like. We're gonna—I don't think we're gonna go too deep into the software here, but uh, just pull that up and we'll share that. So they actually recently did an update to their software so that it's now version four. Uh, I think the latest version is four point zero point three. And uh, this whole dashboard here is new. And so now you can get, it's a really nice, simple interface. As you can see, all you gotta do is choose what you're working on. You wanna do 3D printing, laser, CNC, and then the workspace is where you actually can control the machine, load your jobs remotely, monitor things, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, so for 3D printing, it just takes you into a workspace that looks very familiar. If you've used any of the slicing programs out there like Cura or any of the other mainstream packages, it's very easy to set up. You just choose your material, 
kind of choose your quality setting. And then if you want to, you can dive into all the more advanced settings, but you do not need to. They're all there if you want to uh, get, get uh, you know, really advanced, but it's as easy as a couple of clicks really to slice and get your job going. And then on the laser side, you can choose three axis, which is just working with the flatbed or four axis. So you can use the rotary add-on, which is one of those add-ons we mentioned. You can use that with the laser cutter. So you could, for example, you know, laser engrave on those, you know, thermoses, the like, you know, I have one here, like those cylindrical kinds of, of thermoses. You can etch on that, things of that nature, all kinds of, it, it's adding a, literally a, a another dimension to your to your workspace. So now you have that, that fourth axis. Same for CNC. You can do three axis, just working on flat materials, but you can also use the rotary add-on. And now you can carve in that additional dimension on the rotary axis as well. And then basically you would use any one of these workspaces to set up your job. I'm not gonna to go too much into the laser and CNC stuff uh, for today, uh, but I will in the tutorials and the other videos that we're going to be releasing in the weeks to come. And basically you go into each of these modes, one of these modes to set up your job and get your project going. And, and by the way, you can use whatever software you want to create your, you know, your artwork or your models or whatever you're doing. So if you're doing 3D printing, you can use whatever CAD software you want. If you're doing laser cutting, you can use whatever vector program you want, uh, et cetera. And then just bring those models into here to set up your jobs. Once your jobs are set up, you go to the workspace. That's where you can actually connect over Wi-Fi to the, to the machine. And you can load in your job and get a preview of it. You can then send it to the device over the Wi-Fi so that you're ready to, to run that job and uh, get it going. So uh, everything you need really in a very nicely integrated software package that I have been, I gotta say, very impressed with. You know, a lot of times these, these vendors that are kind of newer to the scene, the software is, is where they fall down. And these guys really, I think, nailed it. Uh, the software is very powerful, uh, very reliable. I have not had a single crash or, you know, unexpected error in using their software. And it keeps getting better with frequent updates. So nice job on that. That's really awesome. I, it, mm -hmm. I'm still kind of blown away that this was a Kickstarter project. It's amazing how far they've come. Yeah, now they are, they're just now finishing the celebration of their five-year anniversary. So it's not like they just came out of that Kickstarter. Right. It's been some years now, but yeah, these guys really, I, I would say this is the example of how to do it right. You know, if you, if you do come out of a successful Kickstarter campaign, these guys, boy, everything from their, you know, their channel program to the, their, you know, the way they've set up their website and all the support resources I showed you all the way through the, you know, the aftermarket support, which we'll talk about later. I mean, everything, they just, they really are doing a great job. I've been very impressed. I, I shared this with, you know, one of my teammates, I was talking about my experience and going through the unboxing and the setup. And, you know, I, I, for myself, my immediate impression was that it was, I equated it with kind of like Apple products. Now I know there's, there's a lot of products out there that are kind of nice, high quality, well-packaged products. But for me, it was Apple that did it first. I remember getting the very first iPhone and I had never seen anything that was packaged that way with the nice custom, you know, packaging and you take it out and it's just this beautiful unboxing experience and the, the production quality of everything, just everything was just a really nice experience from start to finish. That was exactly what I found with this product. And it's just, I couldn't believe it, honestly. I mean, for a machine that sort of came through this, this path of, of coming out of this Kickstarter campaign and being on a I mean, yeah, it's a second generation machine, but it's only the second generation machine. I didn't know quite what to expect. I was really pleasantly surprised. So in terms, now we are going to talk about some of the downsides, you know, as we get into each of the different functions, because it is a three-in-one machine. And there are some expectations that you should have when it comes to that, as far as what each one of those can do. But in terms of the overall quality, the packaging quality, the build quality, the assembly instructions, everything from start to finish, I've been blown away. It really is impressive. That's really awesome. And it looks like they have quite a few different um, add-ons that you can use with this. Do you want to talk they about do. That? Yeah, I, I won't talk about all of them, but I'll, I'll touch on a few of them that are, are certainly the ones that are worth thinking about. I mentioned already the enclosures. You know, I, for me, I'm having the most fun with the CNC function. We're going to talk about that in a little while. Now, part of that is just because, you know, I do a lot of 3D printing. I do a lot of laser cutting. I've got a bunch of those machines already around, but CNC I'm a lot newer with. And so I've spent a lot more time with that. 
Um, but if you are going to be doing a lot with the CNC, you're going to want one of the enclosures and they have a different enclosure for each of the different three sizes. They have one specifically to size, uh, sized for each machine. And when I got the enclosure, I assumed it was just going to be a, you know, a physical enclosure, basically a plastic shell and that's it. I was again, pleasantly surprised to find that it's actually a smart integrated enclosure. It has integrated led lights that you can control from the machine's touch panel. You can control the fan speed. It has a fan on the back that goes into a, an air duct for filtration for the laser cutting. Um, so you can you can feed that right into the air purifier, which is another add-on. Um, but the enclosure, another nice feature is the automatic uh, stop feature for when you open the door. So when you go to check on a job, like I'm doing the CNC, as soon as I open that door to go and like vacuum it out or something or see how it's doing, it immediately stops the job, you know, pauses the job. So it'll resume again, no problem, which is a great safety feature. You don't have to worry about a kid going and reaching in there or something like that. So really recommend the enclosure. Um, and again, to keep all that dust contained as well. But the rotary module is another one. I recently got the rotary add-on because they just recently launched that. And I've had a lot of fun with it. I've only had time to do a couple of tests. I carved myself a little 3D R2D2 figure. And uh, what was the other one that I did? Uh, I, I can't even remember what the other one is. Another little figure type thing because they gave you, they, they give you these little samples of cylindrical. It's almost like a uh, I don't know if it's like a compressed talcum or chalk-like material, uh, but it's it's great for practicing on. And you put it on the rotary and you set up a job with their software. And the software, I've never used a rotary tool. I didn't know what I was doing, but they made it so easy. You take your STL file, just a normal 3D STL file like you'd use for your 3D printer, and you bring it into their software. But when you're in the rotary mode, it, it kind of, how do I say it? It kind of projects it onto a flat surface for you. Like you're looking at a, a rectangular projection of the cylindrical surface and it does that for you. So then all you have to do is kind of move it around and scale it and, and hit go. I mean, they really make it easy and it did a beautiful job. And again, it's using the CNC function or at least that's what I was doing for the testing. So you can use any kind of bit that you want depending on the level of detail that you want. Uh, and we'll talk more about that when we get into the CNC, but that rotary module is a lot of fun, just opens up a lot of additional possibilities for both the CNC and the laser cutting engraving stuff. Yeah. I mentioned uh, the air purifier. Really, I have not gotten one for testing, but from what I've seen in the videos, because this just came out, very impressive. It's got a really sleek looking design. Again, that same uh, metal, you know, anodized metal finish to look exactly like the machine. Again, it's a smart device that's connected to the machine. It monitors itself. It knows when the filters need to be changed. It has several different layers of filtration. It's got a HEPA filter, an active carbon filter, and different types of filters for, to handle, you know, a lot of, a lot of very, very, uh, adequate level of a very strong level of protection for any kind of work you're going to be doing, whether it be the, you know, the laser engraving or cutting, there's a lot of different kinds of fumes and particulate matter that can be produced. Right. And it's, you want to make sure you have the right kind of ventilation for that. So they have a nice solution for that. They've got, um, I think they showed this in the video, they've got an emergency stop button. So again, if you're in a classroom environment, little button off to the side, all you got to do is slap that button, everything stops immediately. Nice safety feature. Um, they've got different linear rails you can buy. So if you do want to really get fancy and put your machine into different configurations, and they showed a couple of those in that video, you can do that. You can buy different linear rails and put your machine into a flatter, wider configuration or whatever it is that you want to do. You can, it, it really is up to you how you, how you configure things. That's really cool. Yeah, it it's like very different. Machine. <laughs> kind of jealous right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I think we'll we'll probably get your hands on one of these and at some point. Um, yeah, it's do, you been... wanna, do you want to talk a little bit about the 3D printing version uh, yeah. function? I mean, you've you've used all different kinds of 3D printers over the years and I'm curious how you are feeling that it it's doing for Exactly. For... Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it goes without saying that walking into this, um, you know, as somebody that had no experience with this machine before, all I knew was that this is a three in one machine that really is about all I knew about it. Mm -hmm. um, with that in mind, I, I think like anyone else, my expectation was that it probably wasn't going to do any one of those three things nearly as well as a machine dedicated to that purpose. Right. So I had, I had fairly low expectations going into it. Um, my experience was that that is true to a point. 
but I was surprised in other ways. So let me summarize first. I'll say that, as I've said already, the, the reliability, the quality, the ease of use, what you can do with each of these three functions, I was really surprised, really pleasantly surprised in all of those categories. Just a great experience overall. Mm -hmm. um, I will temper that by saying the one area that you have to have proper expectations is speed. The 3D printer, for example, we'll start there. Um, it printed very nicely, and I'll share some photos as I do. It's not I say very nicely. P different people have different opinions on what's very nice. So let's just let this. I'll let the photos speak speak for themselves. Um, let me uh, get these up here. So uh, 3D Benchy, one that everyone's familiar with. Here's uh, I think this was the first print I did. Black PLA. Um, as you can see, there is some stringing there, uh, but you know that's that's easily wiped off. So I would I would kind of ignore a little stringing. Not bad overall. I mean, some people might argue with me on that and say, oh, that's a terrible 3D Benchy. Certainly, you, I've seen better. I have seen worse. I would say that's a very you know, decent print. It's a, For most people, uh, again, like those environments that we mentioned, I think it's going to be more than adequate in terms of quality. Uh, yeah. This was the next print I did. This is a, uh, I think it was a MakerBot originally that created this as a slicing test and they shared this through uh, Thingiverse. And I, I, I have often used this because it has a lot of nice features, a lot of nice overhangs, bridging, uh, dimensional accuracy tests, all kinds of things that you can check. And honestly, I was really impressed with this one. It did a lot better than many printers we've tested. You look at that, this side wall here, that's really nice and flat, great layer stacking. You got this thin wall going around the outside edge there that again, you see nice layer stacking on, excellent bridging. You don't see any dropped threads under those bridges there. Uh, again, a little bit of stringing, but that doesn't bother me at all. Over, uh, you know, Overall, I was very impressed with print quality. Um, the next one I did was um, I wanted to do something big that I could let it run for you know several days. So I had this. It was a Darth Vader bust that has a, a you know sort of a little base as well as the the bust itself. And here you can see it printing, and there's the finished print. Wow. And as you can see, I mean, it, it printed pretty well, you know, pretty well flawlessly. I mean, I, as well as I would have expected from any other printer. Um, you know, not perfect. You can see some layering issues in there. I can see a couple of layering imperfections, but nothing that would bother me too much, especially given that there's there's some parts of this print that were pretty challenging, like these overhangs. This was all done without support, um, but it, it handled these areas pretty well. Um, now, the one difference is, let me zoom in on the display here. <laughs> Look at that elapsed time, 90 hours, 59 minutes. So, so this ran just under four days. Wow. I think on, on most other printers, a good, decent printer, like the other ones that we offer, I would say you could expect to, you know, not, not pushing it to the absolute for speed, but typical default settings, balanced settings, I'd say you could expect at least twice as fast, you know, you could get this done maybe in a day and a half, uh, yeah. probably two days. So if speed is your top priority, that would be a concern, but you know, in most cases, that's not a big deal. You know, if you can get a print going and then go home and let it go overnight, then does it really matter if it took eight hours versus three hours, you know? So um, I was I was pleased. I mean, none of the prints failed. None of them had any problems with adhesion. Um, the flexible build plate, really nice, very easy to get yeah, the parts I, off. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Um, yeah, they pop right off. That's really cool. So I was, um, I was pleased with that one exception. If you're looking for a really fast 3D printer, might not be the answer, but uh, it did well. So um, stop. So did your, did your print stick to that build plate easily? Uh, it did, yeah. So there was, I don't know if you can uh, see it in the photo. I'll share it again real quick. I'm, I'm used to the, the glass plate, so... Yeah, you know, it's it depends on the material you're working with. This one was done in a, if I recall, this was a tough PLA. And but as you can see, even on the edge, no, no warping, no lifting at the edges. Um, you can't really see this edge, but yeah, it stuck just fine. There was no warping or lifting at all. And and yet when you pop off that plate and flex it, it, it came right off. So a nice, nice balance um, between adhesion and ease of removal. That's really cool. How does the laser cutter do? Okay, um, I actually don't, I did, made the mistake of not taking photos. I didn't spend nearly as much time on the laser cutting side. So we'll just talk about that one a little bit. Um, it was a similar story. I found the laser cutter to be 
very good at what it does, very capable when it comes to, especially engraving. I found it to be a lot more useful when it comes to engraving than cutting. The difference, again, power, which in this case equates to speed. This is a 1.6 watt laser. Now, if you're familiar with laser cutters, you might think, wait, what? 1.6? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's a 1.6 watt laser. It's not a very powerful laser. For example, the ones that we sell range from 30 watts to 50 watts, and we have some coming online now that are even more powerful. Um, the only difference really, though, is you know you can't cut the really thick materials, which is not very common anyway. Most people are cutting the thinner materials. I myself do. I, I do often cut things like uh, you know eighth inch plywood um, or eighth inch hardwood. That's a very common material that I like to work with, and that's where you find the difference. If I want to cut, say, eighth inch plywood on one of these other forty or fifty watt laser cutters, I can do it in one pass. You know, as long as you have the speed set right, I can cut right through it in a single pass. With this laser cutter, you would have to do probably at least four passes to cut through. It's going to cut like maybe a quarter of the way through each time. And it's probably going to go at a slower speed on each of those passes. So it's going to take a lot longer to get your jobs done. But again, just like I said for the 3D printing, you know, as long as you set your job right, as long as you configure it to do the right passes and they have the profiles for these things, um, you know, you start your job and you walk away. So it, it'll right. take longer, but no big deal. So same deal. It did fine. The jobs were reliable. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. I was very impressed with the feature set. For example, they showed in the video that you not only have the option of specifying a work origin when you kind of lay out your artwork and say, I want you to start here, and then you can go to the machine and kind of set it physically to where you want the origin point to be. You can do that, but you can also use the camera capture tool, which I think is a great feature. So you can yeah. just, you know, lay, they showed that with a, uh, I think it was a notebook. You can just okay. lay your medium on the platform, take pictures of it. It'll stitch those pictures together for you. And you can just literally drag and drop your artwork onto it and place it exactly where you want it, rotate it, scale it, and it comes out exactly where you want it. So it makes it so easy for those laser projects. Um, so I, again, same deal. It worked great. I had a good experience with the one exception of don't expect it to be anywhere near as fast as some of the other more powerful dedicated laser cutters. Right. Having said that, I, I will say um, I could not get confirmation on this prior to uh, today's call, but there is a rumor flying around that they might be launching a 10 watt laser module in the very near future. Can't Ooh. confirm it yet but they might be launching a 10 watt option. I would not be surprised. They've been talking about it for a while. And again, why not? It's a modular platform. So the point is, once you buy into the machine, you know, whenever they do come out with these upgrades, all you got to do is buy the tool head. You're ready to go. So very cool. So if you were going to have the laser cutter use in a classroom, you would probably want to get the enclosure for the snapmaker, right? I would say so. Now you don't have to, they do, when you get the machine, they give you a couple of sets of uh, protective goggles that you can wear, but I would feel a lot better with the yeah. enclosure. And the reason is the enclosure, the material that the enclosure is made out of includes that same protective material. So it, it protects your eyes just by nature of the fact that it's in the enclosure. And again, as soon as you open the door, the laser stops. So there's no way that you can possibly have eye exposure. Whereas with the goggles, you got to make sure people are wearing them if they're right. anywhere near it. So yeah, I would recommend the enclosure. Um, if you don't have the enclosure, you need to be wearing the safety goggles. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I've seen a few uh, photos and stuff from you over the summer of big piles of sawdust from the <laughs> CNC machine and, you know, wiping it away and there's something magical underneath do you want to talk about the cnc machine because you seem to yeah. have figured that this out is, well i would not say i have figured that out so let's talk about that first because i want to be very upfront i am a i consider myself a beginner honestly with the cnc stuff i've mm -hmm. done a whole lot of 3d printing i've done a whole lot of laser cutting and other types of digital fabrication but cnc is one area that i just didn't have an opportunity to get into up until now so obviously i've been familiarized with it. I've, I've, you know, looked into it. I've been exploring products. I've been watching videos, but I haven't had hands-on experience with it up until now. Having said that, there's a couple of things, um, you know, worth noting. Somebody that comes from a background where they have worked with 
real CNC machines, high end, you know, the kind that are working with metal and, you know, big factories and stuff like that. Well, they're probably not going to be too impressed with, with what you can do with a snap maker, but I'm not coming from that background. I'm coming from the background of, I think the, the categories we talked about earlier, you know, somebody that probably hasn't done a whole lot of CNC and probably isn't too worried about carving metal. They're probably more interested in carving wood and, you know, uh, poster board and, uh, you know, carbon board and, you know, things like that. And there's a lot you can do on that end. And so not only have I been finding that you can have so much fun with the CNC stuff, and there's a lot to learn, um, you can do some really interesting projects with it, and I'll show you some things. But it's worth noting that even though this is a definitely a sort of a basic level CNC machine, everything that you're doing in terms of the workflow, what you're doing to set up the models, set up the jobs, generate your tool paths, all of that is, as far as I can tell, pretty much the same as what you're going to find when you get into these you know, professional career paths where you are working with those high-end machines. And in fact, um, in, a upcoming, in an upcoming tutorial, I'm going to show you how you can use, as I mentioned earlier, a Fusion 360 to set up much more advanced CNC jobs with multi-pass, multi-tool uh, jobs that let you do pretty impressive things. And especially when you get to that level um, where, where you're doing these multiple linked jobs in Fusion, Boy, you can you could put that right on your resume. So there's it's it's really great skill sets. Whether or not you end up working with other CNC machines later, um, so yeah, let me share some photos. Let's take a look at some of the things I played with on the CNC side. Um, as you can see, they give you you've seen the waste board on the bottom. That thing with the grid pattern. That's just a waste board that you can easily replace if you cut into it, which I of course did several times as I was learning. Um, I, I later I later learned to put like an eighth inch piece of you know my laser cutting plywood underneath whatever I'm working on, so that if I if I do cut a little bit through my 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 work medium, I'm not going to destroy my my uh, waste board. So I do that now. Uh, as you can see, you've got the clamps where you can position wherever you want. Um, now I will talk about that a little bit later because what I in some of my project exploration I started getting into thicker uh, pieces of wood and and it starts to get challenging to work with those clamps when you get into the really thick stuff and I'll show you what I did there. So what you're seeing here is one of the first projects I did. I was trying to cut out an owl and what, this was one of the first ones that I did where I'm playing around with doing multiple uh, tools. And so what this shows is I've just done a first pass. So as you can see, this is a pretty big block of wood. And I'm, for my testing here, I'm just using just pretty garbage kind of quality wood. This is just a plain old piece of pine lumber from the hardware store. Nothing special about it whatsoever because I'm just learning. Um, but of course, you know, there's, there's nicer quality woods that you can use. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. But what I've done here is I've done just a first pass using a quarter inch flat end mill bit. And that's, um, if you're not familiar with it, that's just what it sounds like. It's a, a quarter inch diameter bit that has a, a, a flat end on it so that it cuts away a quarter inch, you know, channel at a time as you're going. So you can cut away lots of wood at a time. You can cut away and I, you know, you can do kind of this roughing pass where you get rid of a lot of material much more quickly than if you were using the little tiny bits. And as you can see in those those kind of lines there, it's not trying to do any kind of detail. It looks a lot like a, you know, a topography map, right? It's, it's just trying to kind of rough things out. And it's only going in as close as it can get with this quarter inch wide uh, bit. And the beauty though, is that then um, Fusion 360 has the ability to link each of these tool paths. So what you're seeing here on this zoomed in view is that middle, right in here, the middle kind of the chest of this owl has all this intricate detail. So now on this second pass where I'm going in with the detail bit, it's going back over and carving out that beautiful detail, but it already knows what the previous pass did. It knows what material was removed. And so it can start right in where it, you know, just at this, at this this new level and so it's it saves a lot of time as opposed to trying to do the whole job with this detailed bit and so it's really quite powerful so i've i tend to do job do job most of my jobs with two passes now where i do a kind of a roughing pass and then a detail pass but you could if you wanted to you know you could do three passes or four passes if you need to do different types of tools you can get creative uh here it is just from a little bit further out and then here's another job. I'm just showing these are just, again, midway through the print. So you can see I'm experimenting with different bits here. You can see I didn't have the right kind of you can choose the step over how much it steps over in each of the passes. And I didn't have the step over quite right, which is why you're seeing some some 
uh, ugliness in here. I figured that out later. Um, but this actually turned out to be an interesting project here. You can see after I cut away that uh, cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah, did some sanding. Here it is with a little bit more sanding. And this is where I started to learn, oh, okay, there's a little bit of you know, finishing work on these projects too. You know, you don't just take it off the machine, at least for the kind of stuff I want to do, which this is what I, I got drawn into. I love these, these 3D carving milling projects. I just think they're beautiful. And by the way, these are all things I, I didn't design any of these. These are all things, what I did is I went on to Etsy and you can just search for um, CNC uh, SVG files and they have files like this that you can download. Um, I, I'm sorry, not SVG, uh, STL, CNC STL files, because you want the 3D files for this. And they have files like this that are really designed for these types of CNC carving projects. That is that it's only kind of, it assumes that you're carving only from these, these particular directions, kind of top down. And so after you do the, the milling, uh, you're going to want to do some sanding. And so I've actually found, I'm going to stop my screen share just for a moment here so I can show you um, what I've done is I have a variety of tools, including just, you know, sheets of sanding paper, but I like the sanding blocks. You get different yeah. grits of sanding blocks because these are, they have that, that flex. So you can kind of get into the contours. And uh, so for kind of the initial kind of rough sanding, I like to use these stepping down uh, the grit level. And then I found these on Amazon. These are wonderful. These are detailed sanders and you can get them in a kit. And so each one, the sandpaper comes kind of wraps around it. And so as you're working, as you use it, you just kind of rotate it. I don't know if I can show this, you just kind of slide the sandpaper it's to get- It's kind of like a tank wheel. That's right. right. And so, and, and again, each color represents a different grit. And so you just kind of work your way through these, but for getting into the little crevices and cracks, these are wonderful. Um, so yeah, a little detailed sanding set from Amazon there. Um, and uh, let me go back to the screen share here. So yeah, some sanding um, brings out, and, and for what it's worth, I found that part as much fun as working with the machine. I, you know, I'll sit out on a sunny day. I'll just sit out of my chair outside with my sanding tools, and I'll sit out there for hours just sanding. It's so meditative it, and peaceful. It seems like it seems like um, you know, kind of a meditation kind of thing. You know exactly it's it's Eventually, very enjoyable Jeremy, you're gonna need to get a rocking chair and a porch and some you know i've, I've done it i i've i've been out there on the porch with the neighbors yeah. going by yeah it's 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 yeah. great it's great fun <laughs> this is what you're looking at here is the final step i've applied um this was actually something my brother turned me on to it's called tongue oil t-u-n-g um, there's a lot of different kinds of oils that you can explore, but the tongue oil is nice because it really brings out these deep, rich colors, um, depending on how many layers you apply. It's pretty stinky stuff. So it, it takes a long time for that, for that, for it really to be absorbed and for it to fully cure. Um, although it will speed things up if you keep it outdoors for a while. Um, but other than that, I've, I've found that to be a nice way of, uh, of really bringing out these nice, deep colors. Um, and you can see there was a really awful knot in this piece of wood, but I love it. I actually think yeah, it came it out kinda, and gave it a nice yeah, kind of character. It kind of looks like part of his clothing. Yeah, yeah. So you, sometimes you get these nice surprises with wood because you never really know what you're going to get. Um, I did this one for my dad. He's uh, He's been a, a lover of, of horses uh, most of his life, and I wanted to make something for him. And as you can see, some this is another one uh, of these designs that I, I got from Etsy. But in this case, I had some fun where I downloaded the horse design, and then separately I bought a collection of different frames. And you can just combine things. So I found a frame that I like, and I, I brought both STLs into Fusion, and you just kind of scale them and position them so that they uh, work the way that you want together. And so it's very easy to customize things that way. And what you're seeing here is, again, I've, I, I did the roughing pass, and you can see that if you look on the outside, like the frame, you can see that that's only had the roughing pass. You can see that sort of topographical map look. But then on the inside, you can see it's already finished most of the detailed pass. So all of this, you know, you can see a lot of detail and it's, it's all the way out to right here where it's kind of working its way around finishing up that detailed pass. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then here it is after it's finished before the sanding and finishing. I think I did a little bit of sanding here. Mm -hmm. And then here I applied uh, just an initial coat of, I think I had actually applied a different kind of a, an oil on this one. 
Um, but then here is where I applied the tongue oil. I did a couple of different coats. And as you can see, it really brought out those, the yeah. grains. It's just lovely. It, it kind of seems like it's uh, kind of like a contrast tool in Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really kind of neat. And, and it'll be very different depending on the kind of wood that you use, of course. This one, I'm trying to think. I think this one I did with a select pine, uh, yeah. if I recall correctly. I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was a select pine. Um this was one of my favorite pieces that I did. I'm, I'm not, I, I hope it doesn't offend anyone. I mean, I'm not Buddhist or anything. I just, I think their imagery is so beautiful and, and peaceful. And um, this one was one of my favorites. And I think the, um, the wood that I used on this one was a basswood. I got it from Michael's Crafts and, and they sell, it's a really thick, it's like a two inch thick block of basswood kind of intended for carving. And so I thought, well, that seems like it'd be appropriate. And it, 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 what's nice about it is that it's really consistent quality all the way through, not a single knot anywhere. And yet, as you can see, it has quite a beautiful grain that comes out when you, when you put the, the tongue oil on there. So I thought this just came out so beautifully, um, especially just like the face. I love how that came out. That's really pretty. Yeah, so um, this was another one that I did and I have not finished this one yet, but this one's interesting because it shows this is exactly how it was when I finished it. And again, I, I took a frame that I liked and I merged it with this dragon design. They did not come together this way, um, but it's very easy to put them together. And when it came off, um, if you look in here, there's, there's some parts inside the frame, like these are supposed to be like some holes in here and it just didn't kind of cut through all the way. And that was because of how I had the settings. I didn't go quite as deep as I maybe should have because I didn't want to cut too far. Um, and so I did some of that with the finishing, just using my hand tools and, and you know, sanding. I just kind of poked those pieces through. And so here you can see after the cleanup what it looks like. And again, it's just a simple matter of, um, there's one other tool that I use that I didn't think to bring, but it's like a dental pick. It's just, it's a metal tool that just has a straight, just a straight point on it. And I find that very helpful for just kind of poking things through or picking out little debris that might've gotten caught little in, in little corners and stuff. So some kind of a little pick tool is, is helpful. Um, but that and the sanding tools is about all you need. And as you can see, here's just with a little bit of sanding and cleanup, it, it's looking a lot better. Um, this was the next one I did. This was for my son. He's a Harry Potter fan. And so I wanted to do something for his bookshelf. And this is, it's a Harry Potter bust with his owl Hedwig sitting on his shoulder there. And um, as you can see, this is using that really thick stuff again from, from Michael's, that basswood. Mm -hmm. And um, you're seeing it again, the first roughing pass has been done and I'm just starting in on the detailed pass. And here it is from a different angle. And then here it is further along. But really what I wanted to point out on this one is this is where I started to run into problems with these clamps because you can see where it's really kind of starting to become a struggle. Once you get to this two inch thickness or beyond, these, these clamps are really struggling to, you can see how the, this long screw that holds that in or the, the bolt is, it's kind of starting to bend outward a little bit. It's not good. And I found from experience that as you get into these thicker pieces of wood, you're more likely to have a problem where one of these clamps gets kind of knocked loose at some point during the job. And it can, you know, cause your, your, your wood to get, you know, moved and your job can fail. So you don't want that. So um, first of all, this is what the piece looked like when it was finished after I put some of that tongue oil on there and just some sanding came out pretty well, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but then what I did for my next project, having learned that lesson is I actually did a little project where I used uh, my, my basic CAD skills and my laser cutting skills. And I used, uh, I, I will admit, I used a different laser cutter just because I'm impatient. I wanted to do the cuts in one pass. So I used a different laser cutter, but I, I simply cut out plywood. This is eighth inch MDF um, uh, board. And I, I designed it because I, I have a CAD model of the waste board. And uh, I kind of took measurements of where the holes are. And so I designed these sort of frame holders such that they would hold my wood exactly where I want it. Now, given this only works well when you have a known width for your wood, because I, I work really with two pieces of wood, that basswood that I showed you that I like. And then the thinner stuff that you see here is a select pine that I get from Lowe's because it's, it's pretty affordable, but that select is the high quality stuff without any knots. 
So uh, I use that and I just cut it into the appropriate length. So the width is always a known, whatever it is, 11 and three quarter inches. And so I, I built these pieces with that known width in mind so that those slots are right where they need to be for it to line up with the screw holes underneath. And then I'm just using wing nuts instead of the clamps. And it works quite nicely because as you can see, now I'm holding it from the sides and the top and bottom. It's, it's holding it, it's clamping straight down as opposed to kind of trying to come from the sides. So right. this approach has worked very reliably for me and I've, I'll be happy to share these files in the yeah, approach on our blog. Yeah, so I'll, be, I'll be giving tutorials for people that want to do that for themselves. But that was kind of, and, but the point is, I mean, this is what I've seen as I've been watching on the forums and things like that. There's a lot of people out there doing this kind of stuff. It's, it really is kind of a do-it-yourself community. People are getting these stamp makers and they're doing all kinds of customizations and they're doing all kinds of their own add-ons and tweaks and making their own improvements. And it's, it's really nice to see a community doing that where people then share those improvements. And there's a lot of that going around the stamp maker community. Yeah, it seems like a, a really um, normal kind of thing for the, the kits kind of machines, you know, with the exactly. 3D printers and things like that. I remember, right. um, you know, when the first um, desktop 3D printers came out and some of them were in kits and people were modifying them to do this or that. And um, I think it's really cool that when you do come up with a, a modification, you share it yeah, so that other exactly. people can try it too. Uh, there's a couple of video clips here. If you just want to, if we want to, pl I'll play this just for a moment so you can hear it with sound. Keep in mind, this is, you know, I've got the camera literally just outside of the enclosure door. So this is as if you were standing right in front of the machine with the CNC running. Let's see if this will go for us here. Oh, I guess this is the video. Here we go. Hold on, it's just moving. So certainly a lot louder than a 3D printer, but not as loud as you might think from that video. Again, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this with a camera right up, you know, by that enclosure. Uh, you know, I've got this uh, sitting in our in our downstairs uh, in, in the basement area. So if it's in the enclosure, of course, that's worth noting because that helps some with the sound. Uh, when we're on the first floor directly above it, when this is running, like you see here in the CNC mode, we can just barely hear it if we really listen closely. So that gives you some sense of kind of the noise level. Like I would not want the CNC function running like in an office next to me, <laughs> but you know, in a separate room next to me. Yeah. Probably not a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know that you'd want the CNC thing running in a classroom in the back of a classroom uh, in a workshop, probably makerspace. No problem. Classroom. Yeah. You know, Unless maybe you run like your CNC jobs after hours. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's the, uh, so yeah, as you can see, I've been, I've been doing most of my playing with the, with the CNC stuff. And I am going to be sharing some additional videos and tutorials. Um, because like I said, the, their software is excellent. If you want to do kind of basic single tool jobs, um, or multi-tool jobs, but the difference is their software doesn't kind of know how to connect the tool path. So it doesn't know where one left off. So if you do one, you can do it one tool and then use an, you can do another tool path with another tool to do like something different, maybe somewhere else on the piece, but yeah. it can't do that thing that I showed you where you want to do something and then pick up where that tool left off. You got to go to something else like Fusion for that. So I will be sharing tutorials, templates, sample files, everything you need to get going with that. Um, but even just with their software, you can do everything you need aside from those multi-pass, multi-tool jobs. Um, right. And it's quite easy, really quite easy with their software. So yeah. it's been a lot of fun. I've been, I, I'm, as I'm watching you and, and watching the videos and watching the photos, I'm thinking about all of those intricate designs in woodwork on the old mantles and things and buildings and exactly. like stuff and how they had to do that by hand. I know it's incredible that, uh, you know, this, this is certainly, you know, it's never going to replace that because there's right. certainly a, we talk about that a lot, right? How do you how do you maintain that balance between the artistry and the efficiency that these tools bring? Um, and that's why I love what we were talking about. I love the post processing part of this because mm -hmm. to me that brings back some of that art. I can I can put my hands on it. And I can yeah. I can kind of sculpt it a little bit, and I can I can choose my you know stains and oils, and I, that to me brings back a little bit of that art artistic mm -hmm. element. And so it's it's really been quite enjoyable. And there's a lot of different dimensions to it so many project possibilities. I'm just starting to scrape, you know, the surface with this 
Right. It seems like a really good machine for somebody who's been doing the traditional stuff with like the actual hand carving tools to that's right to yeah. try it and have maybe their main design um you know made with the the snap maker and then maybe they use their regular tools for the outer edges or that absolutely well and that's why that's why i mentioned the etsy businesses i i'm sure there's other good platforms i don't i it's not like etsy's paying me or anything it's just the one that i think <laughs> yeah. of. um but you know, there's a lot of people that just like you said, might have started an Etsy business, they're doing something by hand, which you know, is very hard to scale, you can only do so many in a day. And right. um, so they can use a tool like this to really start to scale up. But the other interesting thing I've seen some people do is they can use this to scale up, but maybe they'll, maybe they'll use a tool like this to take some of your more popular pieces and reproduce them at scale, maybe like, you know, miniature versions or something that you can produce a lot of. It's something that you can offer at like a lower price, but then maybe you still do the custom all by hand stuff and offer those at a higher price. So right. you can, it, it opens up these interesting hybrid possibilities where, you know, you can get paid what you deserve for that really time consuming, you know, all by hand work. Mm -hmm. And you can let the machine do stuff that you can just crank out and sell at a lower price point. And that really is a great way to start to scale up a business like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what what is the technical support experience been like for you? Uh, it's been quite good for me. Now, obviously, we're a partner, right? So I know these folks, I've, I've had some great discussions with them. I, you know, I've, I've done my best, though, from the beginning to try to uh, stress to them that I'm, I'm trying to understand what the experience of a new user would be. So please don't give me any special treatment. Let me go through the normal support channels, you know, and, and that's what I've tried to do. They've been very good. I have run into a couple of issues with they have, which they have been able to help me with. Uh, a couple of them were just uh, connect. I had a loose connection from the touch panel, uh, which they uh, helped me to diagnose and fix. There was a couple of software issues. Uh, one of those was addressed with the latest update. So a couple of little things that I've had to interact with them uh, on, but they've been very good, very responsive. There is a time zone difference. They're overseas, so we have to, you know, have realistic expectations. But the good thing is, you know, for our customers, you know, we're your first line of, of defense. You come to us for your support needs. And especially given how much I'm playing around with this, I, I think I'm going to be able yeah. to answer a lot of the questions that come up and um, I will do my best to work with you. It's only when we get into the hardware problems where something seems to be broken or not working where I'm going to engage with them. We might have to do a little bit of back and forth, uh, but we'll get it taken care of. So everything comes through us and I'll work with, you know, our team will work with Snapmaker as needed to address any of the hardware issues under warranty. So I think we'll be able to improve upon what was already a very decent support experience. Right. Did we have any questions on our- um, Oh, good question. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to peek. Let's see. Not seeing any right now. Let me just refresh to make sure. I see some lurkers and watchers, but no comments right now. So uh, we always get more after the fact though. So please feel free to continue to comment uh, after the fact on the Facebook page. You'll find this uh, of course on our 3D universe untethered.com site as well and um, on our YouTube channel. So you can comment anywhere that you find us and, and we'll be happy to follow up after the fact with any questions or if, if people wanna know more about any of these things. Yeah, I do have a question. Um, for somebody who's never done CNC before or even thought about it, if I were to get one of these, would I be able to do a CNC project just by downloading a file? And, you know, like with a 3D printer, I can just go to Thingiverse, download it, pop it into Cura, and then tell my 3D printer to do it. Is there- That's right, yeah. Is, is no, that they, the they, really, they really have gotten it to that point, I, I have to say. Um, Yes, you and I, I, knowing what I know about you, I mean, you're, I think, a pretty typical, let's say, less technical person, right? right. You're able to read a manual, but a lot of this stuff is new to you. And I think that's a big part of our, our audience, or at least I hope so. And for any people in that kind of category, absolutely, you can do this. Their tutorials are excellent. You follow step by step. You download readily available STL files. There are some on Thingiverse that are specifically for... CNC milling and carving that you can use for testing. Others, like I said, I've, I love going to Etsy. I think you can find, find much nicer designs there. It's not probably not going to be free, but the designs like my favorite designs cost, you know, $3, $4, $6. I mean, they're not expensive. So you find a design you like, you pay a few bucks and yeah, you load that into their software, which is a free download. 
and you follow their tutorial, which goes through everything you need. And even in the software, this is worth showing real quick. I know we're coming on time here, but I'm gonna share that software screen one more time. Because I want to show that when you go into any one of these functions, you asked about CNC. So let's go into CNC. I'm going to cancel out of this. Normally, it would present me with a new job setup, but let's cancel this. I'm going to go up here to the help button. If this was my first time using the software, it would present me with this beginner's guide. And what that is, is job setup, one of eight. It's going to explain to you exactly what you're going to do in this step and what it means and why you're doing it. Then you go to the next step, and it's going to even bring in a sample object for you to work with. Now import your object. Now use these tools here. You can draw shapes and things like this. Now go over here and move your object and scale it. Now, it, literally, it walks you through step-by-step step in the software exactly what you need to do to generate your G code, send that job to the machine, and do your first CNC job. They, I, it, I just, I was so impressed with that side of things, how they made it so easy for people to get started. Yeah, really nice job there. Seems really awesome. And the same for the other areas. You know, when you go into the 3D printing module, when you go into the laser module, they have the same wizard walking you through step-by-step. Step. Really uh, a, a great tool for people getting started with making and digital fabrication. Yeah. Well, this has been really, really awesome. And I am um, hoping that COVID gets over with so that we can have a 3D universe company picnic and we can all make yeah. stuff. That's right. Well, I am definitely going to be continuing to play with this more and more. Um, as I've said, and will continue to say, I'm new uh, at this, the CNC side of things, and I'm learning as I go here. I'm very happy with what I've figured out so far, and I look forward to sharing some of those more advanced tutorials, uh, which I have not seen anyone else do. I, had, I really had to piece things together, so I hope that will be valuable to people. But I, I have no illusion that, that what I'm doing is the right way or the only way. So I look forward to people telling me what I'm doing wrong and how I can do things better, and yeah. uh, we'll continue to share that as we go. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you we we mentioned uh, where you can uh, check things out. Um, should we just mention our main website? I guess if people want to check the product out and yeah. and uh, maybe buy one or learn more, that's at shop3duniverse.com, mm -hmm. and uh, that's where you can find the Snap Maker and learn more about it. And yeah. And then uh, we'll be putting together a blog post and we'll have these available as a video and also a podcast uh, link for you for this episode. And we've got some really fun episodes coming up um, as we kick off season three of Untethered. We've got some 3D printed ceramics coming up and all kinds of fun things. So uh, yeah, we've got some great shows lined up. Make sure you tune in. We're going to do these every first and third Thursdays of the month. So come on back and join us. And if you have any cool projects you're working on, we would love to have you as a guest and to join Absolutely. us. We love to see what everybody else is making and share it, especially if it's like quirky and funky and, you know, out there because I'm kind of weird and I like that stuff. So, yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, thank you. And thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.